live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady! Ed Grady. I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines. Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. It's Ed Tyler, Danny running the show again. We don't know where Jared is. I have no idea where Jared is. <laughs> well, normally he's gone on Thursdays. Okay. I don't know where he was on a Wednesday. I don't either. That's that's the concerning part is where was he yesterday? Sometimes when he's gone, I see him walking outside the uh, uh, window there waving at us. That's concerning. But that's concerning. I'm not so sure what he's doing out there. It's worse than not seeing him at all, I think, <laughs> is when he just pops up. <laughs> when he just is wandering the uh, streets out there. Jesus. Get him out of here. Hey, how do you feel about trumpets? Uh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I actually thought it was pretty cool. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Um, I actually thought it was pretty cool. It was great. One of the best. Yeah, I think one of the great. best baseball moments of the season. Yeah, it was great. Timmy Trumpet, whoever the hell that is, playing a trumpet for Edwin Diaz. Yeah. But we'll get to it. I thought it was Dodgers. great. Yeah, we'll get to that. The first bite. Was Darren Waller actually hurt? All right. So I'm going to go back to my original thought here. I think there was definitely a hamstring injury, but with the whole clutch sports agency and the obviously disagreements with them, I'm not so sure it wasn't both. Like, I do think there was a hamstring injury at some point. I do think he was hurt at some point. But if you told me he at some point said, you know what, I'm not going to risk it. The contract isn't signed. I haven't been given a new contract. I'm going to hold in here for a little while to see if this completely heals and if we can get something done. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. I'm more convinced every day that Darren Waller has never been hurt this offseason. Really? Like, I think he was hurt. I, I still would lean towards sure he was probably hurt at some point, but Darren Waller watched this offseason as the Raiders paid Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, went out and got Chandler Jones, paid him, went out and got Devontae Adams, paid him. Like, he watched all the paid other Max good Crosby players. Early I in forgot the about him. Yeah, Max Crosby. He watched all the other good players on this team get paid. And then he just sat around and had nothing. No no new contract. Meanwhile, he's going to make $7 million, one of the not even one of the 15 highest paid tight ends in football, not even guaranteed. Raiders could have cut him at any point if they felt like it, and he would have had nothing going forward. He watched all everybody else get paid around him. He's got nothing. Then we get into training camp. Oh, where's Darren Waller? Oh, he's he's not here. And then we fast forward a little bit through training camp. He shows up for without one random practice. And then what happens? Oh, he fires his agency. And the day that he hires a new agency, he's back on the field practice. Yeah, that is usually, I think you'll agree, you hear this often when you get a new agent, the first thing they say is, okay, good faith, get to practice. Because I think he's been healthy for a while. I do think he was hurt. I think there was a hamstring issue. I do think there was that at some point. In but, March? <laughs> no, no, during camp. I think it was during camp. But you hear that all the time when you get a new agent. They say, okay, show up, good faith, and we'll we'll deal with the contract. So I guess I wasn't overly surprised when Josh McDaniels told us yesterday morning that he would be out there. He was out there. He looked fine. You know, again, we can only watch a little portion of practice now that the season has started, but we watched drills, or at least the first several drills where they're running around and catching passes and stuff like that. And he wasn't limping. He didn't fall to the ground he did not, in pain. He did not appear to fall to the ground in pain. He appeared to <laughs> run routes and catch balls. 
Um, does that make you more optimistic that Waller signs a new contract before the start of the season? Yeah, I said yesterday I think he might sign a contract before the start of the season. Does does it have to get done? If you're the oh, Raiders, does it have to get done? I don't know if you have to get done on their side. I don't know if they think it has to get done before the season. Because I'm I'm curious on your thought that Darren Waller fires Clutch Sports, goes to Drew Rosenhaus, and your idea that, hey, the new agency, new agent Drew Rosenhaus, told Darren Waller, hey, go to practice, right? Show up, good faith, we're going to get this done. If that's why Darren Waller showed up yesterday, that doesn't make me more optimistic a deal is going to get done. Because what would make me, here was my initial thought process. Darren Waller hired a new agent. Darren Waller showed up at practice because Darren Waller had some idea that a deal was close, had some idea that his new agency was going to get this deal done. But if Drew Rosenhaus simply just told him, hey, go to practice, let's do this in good faith, if I'm the Raiders, you've just given me back the power. I've got the leverage now. This guy's in practice. I think it depends on also how close they are. Yeah. They could be really close. But if they are really close, then discussions had already been had, I think, before Rosenhaus came on. I mean, Rosenhaus is, is a heck legal, of legal, by the way. He's a heck of an agent. Oh, I was talking about, you know, were they negotiating when Clutch was there and he just got mad at him. It didn't get done, but numbers yeah. were thrown out there. What was the one number thrown out there? Uh, 16, 16 million, million a year. From Josina Anderson. Yeah, Josina Anderson put that out there. Now, where did she come up with such a specific number um, if it hadn't already been discussed? Right. I, that right. doesn't make much sense. Where? What the hell happened with Clutch Sports? Like, what What happened? Here? Maybe he got tired. Tired of waiting. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how he started to disagree with them when all along he said, my agency's taking care of this. I don't worry about this stuff, which well, obviously he worries about right. this stuff. He, exactly. That's a great point. He went from saying, oh, I'm just going to play football. I'm going to let my agents handle that. To like a month later, I'm firing agents yeah. like right before the season starts because I still don't have a deal. I Like, what happened with Clutch Sports? Like, what did they do that made Darren Waller angry enough to fire them? And is it something that Clutch Sports controlled or is it something the Raiders simply weren't willing to offer? Because no matter who your agent is, if the Raiders aren't willing to offer you whatever contract you want, the agent's irrelevant. But for Darren Waller to get rid of Clutch Sports, there there had to have been something, right? There had to have been something that happened that Darren Waller said, that's not good enough. I can't have you representing me. And I just... I'm fascinated as to what what the hell was that? Like what happened? Because I could it just simply be a built up frustration that a deal wasn't done? But at the same time, like if Waller wanted a deal done that badly, couldn't he just be, tell Clutch Sports, "Hey, this is the deal. There, that's what they're offering. Let's do it right now." Like I don't. Oh, he could have done that at any time, right? So I just I don't know. I'm very curious as to what the hell happened with Clutch Sports yeah. because it's weird to you clearly want a new contract. It's weird to fire your agent, whatever, 10, 12 days before the season starts and be like, ah, here comes Drew Rosenhaus to save the day and I'm going back to practice. But I don't know. Very. I think Drew Drew Rosenhaus probably saves the day. I think he gets a new deal. And I think Clutch Sports, I think he hit it on the head. I think he just, the frustration uh, blew up. He kept hearing, why doesn't this guy have a contract? Like you said, everyone else got paid. And he might have, you know, he might have started camp in the realm of, oh, don't worry, Clutch will take care of it. 
And as camp went on, he kept seeing that they didn't take care of it. And he kept hearing from other people and probably his friends and other people, why don't you have a deal? Why are you the 16th highest paid tight end in the league? And it started to get to him. He became more and more frustrated, and he moved on from them because the deal wasn't done. I don't know why else he would have moved on from them. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I don't, what, did he get mad at someone in the agency? I mean, I, I think it was just frustration that he didn't have a deal. And, but, and that that's my main question. If If it was simply frustration that a deal wasn't done, what is Rosenhaus going to do differently? Because to me, the, re- the reason a deal wouldn't be done, if they've talked about it, assuming they've talked about it, is because the Raiders aren't offering as much as Darren Waller wants, right? Or they're offering a lot of money, but not much of it's guaranteed. Or so- There's something about the contract the Raiders aren't offering. So if, it's, if Waller's not happy with something the Raiders are offering, what is, he, what is an agent change going to do? Like well, hiring a new agent is not going to make the Raiders. I mean, we don't know the strategies money. Drew Rosenhaus works with compared to Clutch. I mean, I think Drew Rosenhaus is a much more uh, viable NFL agent because he's worked with all these guys probably more than Clutch has in terms of the NFL side because Clutch works with so many different people, so many different athletes. So, and we don't know the relationship Drew Rosenhaus has with Dave Ziegler comparative to Clutch. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go into it that a deal could get done sooner than later because. Drew Rosenhaus knows them better. He's negotiated far more NFL contracts than Clutch. I don't know. Um, maybe Drew Rosenhaus doesn't mean anything compared to Clutch. I, I, just, I mean, if I mean, I'm the Raiders, like let's say, for example, they've talked to Darren Waller and they've offered him a contract that's, let's say, three years, $16 million a year, but only the first year's guaranteed, right? Let's just, that's just, that's a hypothetical contract that they've offered to, to Darren Waller. If Waller wants two years guaranteed, right? If he says, no, no, guarantee $32 million of that contract, and the Raiders say no, my question is, what does a new agency do to change that? If the Raiders aren't willing to offer him something that he wants, if I'm the Raiders and you're like, oh, here's Clutch Sports, oh, he, they're gone, here's Drew Rosenhaus, I don't care. I'm still offering you the same thing. Like, I still have my same boundaries as a team as to what I'm willing to do, regardless of who the new agent is. Well, maybe it's on the other side, and Drew Rosenhaus can work with Darren Waller better. Yeah, and that's and that sort of goes back to what and he it, can. Did Clutch Drew Rose, Sports, he, maybe he trusts Drew Rosenhaus right, more in like, terms of doing these NFL contracts. Did Clutch Sports not communicate with Darren Waller or something? Like yeah. I don't like that's so that's the part that I'm like. What did Clutch Sports do? Because to me, if Waller's unhappy with the offer the Raiders are giving him. A new agent's not going to change it because the Raiders aren't going to look at a new agent and say, oh, it's Rosenhaus. Here's more money. But if Clutch Sports like wasn't communicating well with Waller or if Waller was saying, hey, this is what I want and Clutch Sports wasn't going after that, like that I could understand, in which case Clutch Sports is just, I don't know, being incompetent with one of their clients. That would make a lot more sense to me than simply, oh, Clutch Sports isn't getting the amount of money I want out of the Raiders because I don't know that Rosenhaus is going to get more money out of the Raiders. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. And to me, to me, the only way Waller were to get, would get more money out of a team would be to hold out. Like that's the leverage he has and showing up to practice is the opposite of, or I should say holding in showing up to practice is the opposite of holding in. So I do think Drew Rosenhaus told him to show up. Do it in good faith. I I do think he said that. I do. You hear that all the time. The first thing they say is, okay, I'll handle this, but you need to go in. Show up to practice. If we don't have a deal done by September 9th, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, or whenever the, yeah, the opener against the Chargers. That would be great if he shows up to practice and then, ah, the game's here? No. Yeah. Not playing, guys.
So well, that that's happened before, yeah. right? I, has has somebody gone to practice and then not? Shown I think up people for the have game? shown good faith. That, that that that's a cliche, but you hear that all the time with agents. And if something doesn't get done, then they don't play. Yeah. What are the chances? Uh, we got ten days before the opener. What are the chances Sunday, we get a a prior to week one trade of Darren Waller like John Gruden did with Khalil Mack four or five years ago? Because that was a situation where. Mac wanted a new contract. They didn't get anything done in training camp. And then what was it? Five, seven days before the first game of the season, they traded Khalil Mack away. What are the chances we get that? I think there's a better chance he gets a contract. I do too. I do too. But I I don't think they trade him. I would not put it out of the realm of possibility because if I'm the Raiders and they want something I'm not willing to offer, then I would consider trading him because otherwise, well, he might hold out. Coming to practice didn't hurt him because he was at the Aces last night. So, <sighs> of course. Hamstring held up. Who's Hamstring not at the up. Aces I don't know game? Yeah, Come you on. were at the Aces game. Fun game. A little low scoring. How are the seats? Scoring. Good. Back you row. tried to move over a little. Yeah, we had to move out of our normal section. They're good seats. I'm telling you. that the, It's great. It's ten well, $15 after fees for tickets. And if you sit on the sideline and not behind one of the baskets, they're, they're great seats. Keep the media behind the basket. That's right. Is which, that what they did? Yeah. Kicked them behind the basket. Don't let them stand up or they'll block the fans. Meanwhile, the damn rabbit mascots jumping on a trampoline blocking the fans' view. It's the funniest thing in the world. They yell at the media to not stand up because you're going to block fans' view. Meanwhile, there's a seven-foot-tall rabbit jumping on a trampoline. Like, what's that guy doing? Is he not blocking the view of the fans? Ridiculous. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into the Golden Knights because Bruce Cassidy, is he all in on Logan Thompson? William Carlson, fans on a clear. McDavid with the strip. Feeds right towards Kane. Kick stop! Whoa, big save from Thompson. After the top line dazzled to create that opportunity. Thompson looked like he had committed way off to his left, but he got back to his right with the pad. Yeah, I mean, I've said before that, uh, you know, wins are hard to come, or uh, starts are hard to come by in this league. And, uh, you know, for Pete to, um, you know, give me this opportunity, I didn't want to let him down or let the team down. So it was, uh, it's huge, but um, it's over now. It's got to keep building from it. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. The Golden Knights, uh, they kind of, what are we saying? Are we calling this a goalie controversy? Is that what we're doing here? Okay, before we get to the goalies, let's just, let's just, Stop here and save the most important Golden Knights news to come out of the entire offseason. William Carlson cut his hair. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Does that mean he's going to be good again? I don't know. That's that's a big chance to take. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, I don't well, know, man. He well, he wasn't that good last right. year, so, so maybe this is the move that yeah. he has to make. Cutting the hair after he scored 43 would have been right. a bold move. Right. But, but this, maybe this gets him back to going. Right. I mean, he scores 43 again. He's going to have a He'll buzzed hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's going to keep going shorter <laughs> every time. Um, so that and Phil Kessel not taking 81 from Jonathan Marsh, though, are the two biggest that's stories. That's the two biggest stories in the offseason, yeah, no <laughs> which doubt tells about you it. a lot. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, though, Ben Goetz, uh, talked to him yesterday, um, about the goaltenders. Bruce Cassidy said the opening night gig is likely Thompson's job to lose because he ended last season as the starter. Is that good logic? Maybe for a brand new coach it is, but I mean, like it says, they just traded for a goalie with a cap at over $2 million in your hand and like the job to the guy who had what 16 starts yeah something around he had, like 16 starts um i don't know about handing the job but he said he's got the first shot at being the starter uh so i don't know if it makes much sense that he would say that but 
maybe he's just starting competition before the uh, before the uh, camp starts, and he wants to let the other two know that they have to play well. So the interesting part to me is that if the job is Logan Thompson's to lose, I can't understand why you would then trade for Aiden Hill, because Aiden Hill is not um, proven to be better than Logan Thompson. Right, they no. didn't trade for a guy that you can easily say, "Yep, he's better than Logan Thompson." Right, they traded for a guy who, if again, if the job is Logan Thompson's to lose, is coming in as a backup, and they already have a two-plus million-dollar backup in Laurent Brossois. Now, maybe Brossois is not going to be ready for the start of the season, and they wanted some better insurance than whatever they have in the AHL. But you know, five days ago, six days ago, Kelly McCrimmon said they were comfortable going in with Thompson and Brossois which made it sound like they were Brossois was going to be healthy enough to start the season. And three days later, or four days later, they trade for Aiden Hill. They had a Zoom that you had eight minutes to prepare to be on. <laughs> you got to be there. So Cassidy also said they've all got NHL experience, but I don't know if they've ever been a true number one. I've always said internal competition, it can really drive your team as long as they all take it in the right way. If we're going into training camp and Logan Thompson is it's his job to lose, which is not really saying he's definitely the starter, but saying he's at the top of the pecking order. How good do you think Aiden Hill and or Laurent Brossois have to be to take the job from Logan Thompson? Uh, I think they have to be pretty good. I think they have to be pretty good. One of the, one of the two. And you make a good point there because we've known how they've dealt with injuries and told us who's healthy and who's not. So there's a very good chance Laurent Brossois is not as healthy as they're letting on. And that had a right. lot to do with taking Adam Hill on. And that so that might have been really the only reason. And it is going to be Logan Thompson's job. We'll get to the season. Uh, Laurent Brossois will go on long-term IR. Uh, well, that, won't be back exactly. until January or something. Right. And, and we'll look around and say, oh, that's why they traded for Adam yeah. Hill. But for some reason, they wouldn't say Logan Thompson's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Laurent Brossois. Right, or yeah, I do that all the time. Laurent Brossois won't be ready for the start of the season. And we'll be like, oh, it makes sense. Why didn't you guys just say... Laurent Brossois is not going to be ready they for the can't the say season. those things. They're horrified to say it. But you know, you know what I think is actually going to happen here? I don't know if it happens at the very beginning of the year or maybe it happens later once Brossois is healthy. Logan Thompson is getting sent to the AHL. Based on just play? Uh, there are They have three goalies. Only one of them is waiver exempt. Logan Thompson. Between those three goalies, if they send Logan Thompson to the AHL, right. he does not have to clear through waivers. Right. If they send Aiden Hill or Laurent Brossois, or they try to send them to the AHL, they have to clear waivers. And that means every other team in the league can claim that player if they want. So if, if. if all three, let's say all three are healthy to start the season, I think Logan Thompson goes to the AHL. To the start the season? To start the season. Really? Or if Brossois is not healthy. The guy who's head of the pecking order? If Brossois is not healthy. Then it's then, Aiden Hill and Logan right. Thompson. And then if Brossois comes back in a month, unless Logan Thompson is like the best goalie in hockey for a month, Logan Thompson's going to the HL. We've seen this organization do this before with multiple players where they are horrified to lose assets for nothing. They do not want to put players on waivers. So what do they do? They send down the players that are waiver exempt, right? They It's one of the first things the organization ever did. Right, the very first year, guy named Shea Theodore, guy named Vadim Shipashov. Right, those two guys were not on the opening day roster because they were afraid of losing guys like Jason Garrison, who was not waiver exempt. And this is an organization they 
They play with salary cap every day. That one year, Brandon Peary came up and down. Remember Brandon Peary? Right. Like it's it's something this organization does. And unless Logan Thompson is just clearly better than these two, if it's anywhere close when they're all three healthy, Logan Thompson is going to the age. Well, they're not going to carry three goalies. I can't imagine they do. That would be who, who does that, right? Like it it happens every now and then. But it's very rare in the NHL to have a third goalie on your active roster, and especially for a team that's going to be pushing up against the salary cap. Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense to carry a third goalie. So that that's my prediction right now. And here's the other part of this. Even if Bruce Cassidy likes Logan Thompson more, I bet the front office still sends him to the AHL. They overrule him? I bet the they do. The brand new coach? Yeah. If they walk in and they say, oh, we got cap problems. And we can't yeah. lose Aiden Hill for nothing. We just traded a fourth round pick for the guy. <laughs> we can't lose him for nothing. He needs now. two million a year. Yeah, Logan Thompson. He can go. He can go play just down the two fifteen. It'll be fine. He'll be at Henderson. I think that's what happens at some point. If they're all three healthy, and again, that's a big if because who knows what Brossois' situation is, and then guys get hurt. Right there's right. there's also a chance they all get hurt and they they're playing <laughs> some other guy at goalie, and you're like, ah, okay, this is what happens, but. I, I based on what the Golden Knights have always done in the past, I think if they're all three healthy, Logan Thompson's in the AHL and it's Aiden Hill and Laurent Brossois. And by the way, God, I hope they're all three healthy to start the season. Logan Thompson has like a preseason shutout and then they send him to the AHL because <laughs> this fan base is going to lose it. Yes. And it's going to be incredible. Yeah. They were mad when Brandon Peary got sent down that one time after. Oh, scoring Brandon like Peary scored like a couple seven goals, goals in 10 and like, games. Yeah, and he's like, this guy's awesome. And all of a sudden he gets sent down. Right. I God, I hope that happens. They're all healthy. Thompson looks good in the preseason. Everybody's like, oh, Logan Thompson. He's the future of the Henderson Silver Knights. And that's where he is. I. That's what they've always done. They've always done that type of thing. So I would not be shocked if Thompson plays games for the Silver Knights this year. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Because otherwise, what are you going to do? I would per- I would probably be fine with losing Laurent Brossois on waivers. Well, I that's what I'm saying. Maybe you, maybe you test it. Yeah. And I, you see you, you, who might pick him up. I think people would more have to pick up Brossois than Aiden Hill. Maybe. I And again, here's the other question for you. Thompson's sort of number one on Bruce Cassidy's pecking order, but he's got three goalies, right? And if they're all three healthy, who plays in the important preseason games? I think Logan Thompson does. Because they, they'll they play some guys in the first, like, three, and then, like, the last three preseason games are a lot Are the real like, warm-ups. This is almost right. our full lineup. Who plays in the real preseason games? You if think they're all the, healthy, yeah. I still think it's you Logan think it's Thompson, Thompson. Because I think they're going to give him the chance, like you said, to be the goalie and... To be great. Because that's sort of the key part here to this whole goalie competition. You're going to choose one of them to play in the preseason game with the other actual lineup. And when you do that, you're effectively choosing that guy as the starter. As the goalie. Right. And that therefore, sure, they can practice and be competitive with each other in practice. But ultimately, whoever you choose to play in that preseason game is the one that you're anointing the starter. And as long as he's not atrocious, right, that guy's probably going to be the starter and the first week of the season until McPhee and McCrimmon come in and say, yeah, we know you like Thompson, but he's going to the AHL this week. I think McPhee and uh, McCrimmon <laughs> really like Logan Thompson. Why'd they trade for Aiden? Hill? I think they were, I, because I think Laurent Brassard might be more hurt than we know. Maybe. Does Brassard play this year? I mean, <laughs> does he have to have double hip surgery too? <laughs> <laughs> there will be a zoom. Have they found out that Brassard needs double <laughs> hip surgery? That might be the more important question. Do they know? Do they know where he is? Right. Yes. Where is he? All right. Coming up next. Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 joins the show. 
You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now from Fox 5 is Kevin Bollinger. Good morning, Kevin. How are you hey, today? Kevin. Good morning, guys. How's it going? How are you? All right. Important question for you. Uh, be a doctor for us. Was Darren Waller ever actually hurt? <laughs> um, maybe maybe as uh, nagging aches and pains. How's that? <laughs> I don't think it was anything serious. And they, and they basically said all along that it was nothing serious. But read between the lines. Uh, and, and I think that... Uh, you know, he got his age, uh, new agents yesterday and was back at practice. And court started the Aces game last night, and let's go. Yeah, I, I said earlier, sometimes when you trade agents, uh, the first thing the new agent said is show good faith and get out there and I'll deal with the contract. I mean, do you think there's something to that that Rosenhaus would have said, you need to be out there and show them you're ready to go, and then I'll deal with the contract and get it done? Yeah, you know, and I think Darren Waller had, had said all along that he was not going to let any negotiations impact uh, you know, his play on the field. And he did uh, show up. Uh, he was at a practice uh, maybe about two weeks ago. He was at one practice and then wasn't there during the joint practices last week. So uh, I think as it got closer to the season, agent situation or not, uh, he would have been back in a lineup. Uh, he strikes me as somebody who would not uh, do that in terms of a contract negotiation ploy. I think he would have been ready to go week one regardless if that truly was the situation. The speculation that we've been trying to figure out is what exactly led to him firing clutch sports. Because my my main thing is like just hiring a new agent isn't going to make the Raiders offer you more. So surely there was something clutch sports did that led to Darren Waller firing them. That's the the big question that we we probably will never get the answer to. Right? Uh, uh, was it uh, something that they wanted him to do that he did not want to do? Was it something that he wanted them to do that they were not willing to do? Uh, that's, um, you know, it was a very short-term relationship, let's just put it that way. Uh, but now he, he has a, an agent in Drew Rosenhaus who has been through this grind with NFL players uh, in a lot of uh, organizations and in a lot of positions. And I would imagine that, that uh, they'll, they'll get along on the contract talks if the, the Raiders want to get the deal done now. Uh, then I think they'll get it done pretty quickly. Uh, when they when they released him, I don't know if the Raiders thought that someone would pick him up, but the Bears did claim uh, Alex Leatherwood. One, given the money they would have been on the hook for, were you surprised that they let him go? Uh, and you know, how, how do you walk us through that? Like, what did you think was going to happen there, uh, given the money they were going to owe? I'm not surprised they let him go. Uh, you know, uh, both Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have been very clear from the moment they stepped into the building that. They were not going to be looking at contracts to a certain extent. Obviously, with salary cap implications, you have to do some things. But they were going to put the best guys on the roster that they thought made their team the best, and they weren't going to worry. Uh, with the blessing of, of Mark Davis, uh, they weren't going to worry about lost dollars. If the player wasn't going to perform to the levels they wanted, they weren't going to keep him around. So that part didn't surprise me. The fact that the Bears picked him up on waivers <laughs> surprised me a little bit. And, and I'm, you know, Mark Davis hopefully is sending a nice bottle of champagne over there to uh, Chicago uh, as, as a thank you because uh, they saved him an awful lot of money. Uh, yeah, is that what you're sending if you're Mark Davis today? Is it a bottle of champagne or is it <laughs> something nicer? I feel like it's got to it's got to be. You got to overnight that already. It's got to be there by now. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe they get the full gift basket, including some. Uh, <laughs> 
the the aces gear. How's that? <laughs> uh, for the Raiders' offensive line, uh, they are they brought uh, Joe Hagan, who is a uh, was a backup for the Steelers last year, but they haven't really done anything this offseason aside from draft Dylan Parham. We are 10 days away from the season starting. Do you think they sign a new starter? Do you think it's 10 days away? The five starters for week one of that offensive line are on the roster. I think eventually they do bring somebody in, uh, whether they bring somebody in at this point, you know, I, I thought that it would have already been done based on somebody who got uh, released or, or waived on Tuesday. Uh, Cause I, I had said all along, I thought the starting right tackle wasn't, on the roster or in the organization right now. Uh, I still think that eventually it might be a little bit too late for week one, uh, but there's kind of a lot of nervous people in that building because they, they've done a nice job constructing this roster. And then you look at that right side of the line and you got to just hold your breath and hope that it holds up enough that it doesn't screw everything up. And uh, I think that they'll be quick to act if they, if they need to, but that, you know, I, right now it appears that they're going to go with, with what they have. And if they bring somebody in, uh, you know, with, with that position, if they use to that position, uh, it, it shouldn't take too long for them to get up to speed. You're not completely uh, sold on the duo of Jermaine Elmanor and Thayer Munford. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both, you know, Munford obviously, you know, has uh, a lot of size and he has some experience uh, going up in, in college, but, Still a rookie. I'd be I'd be nervous with with most any rookie on that right side. Uh, well, we saw what a rookie and, did on the right side last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Illuminor, you know, has been very good at being a versatile player that has played on both sides of the line and both guard and tackle. Uh, but he's still six four, and uh, usually your your tackles are a little bit bigger on that side. So um, I, I still think that the the Raiders need to find. Something at least if, if it's just a stopgap solution for this season, uh, and then figure out what they're going to do uh, in the off season with what they probably should have done this off season, and that's kind of get that thing uh, sewed up. It didn't all happen on cutdown day. Kenyon Drake got released uh, earlier than that, but are you surprised that the Raiders ultimately said that Britton Brown, their seventh round pick running back, was better than Kenyon Drake? You know, it goes back to that that same thing that they thought that, uh, and it wasn't just just. Britton Brown, uh, Amir Abdullah, they they were really impressed with what he came in and, and did as well. It goes back to the money thing again. They were on the hook for, for a fair amount of money uh, with Kenyon Drake and didn't worry about it and went with what they, they thought was best. And it just goes to show with, with, with running backs, I mean, you know, they just aren't. The, the younger the running back, the more likely they are to, to take a roster spot. And that's kind of just been the trend in the NFL over the last several years. And uh, they saw something in Britton Brown that they really like. Now, will Britton Brown uh, get a lot of uh, looks and a lot of snaps this year? Likely not, uh, unless they absolutely need him to. But there's something there for the future, that, and they didn't feel comfortable enough uh, putting him on the waiver wire because uh, they didn't think that he'd be uh, coming back around to put on the practice squad. Uh, despite who didn't play, did 4-0 show you anything or make you more confident in how good this team might be? Yeah, it did. It showed me that they have depth uh, at, at positions uh, like they haven't had in the last few years. And uh, a lot of the, the twos and threes that the Raiders rolled out there in the preseason were going up against 
teams starting offenses and defenses, and they held their own. Uh, so I think that that's a great sign uh, in terms of, of that the Raiders have depth uh, at the position groups that they maybe uh, haven't had it in the past uh, few years. And so I think that that, uh, that is a good sign for the Raiders. And, you know, 4-0 doesn't indicate anything in terms of what's going to happen this season. But I think overall, big picture, uh, it, it also goes to the, the culture, the winning culture, because you heard the players even say, you know, usually preseason, they're just like, you know, we're out here to get some work done and, and prove to the coaches that we need to be on this roster. These players are like, if we're playing a game, we're going to play to win. And uh, it's part of the culture that, that Josh McDaniels wants uh, inside that building, and it's obvious that it's uh, kind of come to fruition and that they're going to play to, play to win, even if it is a, a preseason game against Jacksonville and Canton, Ohio. Does UNLV beating down Idaho State mean they're going to be better than expected? <laughs> I will tell you this. I was impressed uh, with their speed on offense, uh, unlike we've seen uh, with UNLV in a while. And, um, and they have a quarterback who can sling it. So uh, that, that side of the ball impressed me. Um, how it translates, uh, I think we'll get a better indication in the Cal game because Cal, uh, you know, I would say is, is kind of on, obviously on the lower tier of the Pac-12, maybe – uh, equal to some of those upper-tier Mountain West teams, uh, which will be a, a better indicator of where UNLV is in terms of stacking up with, with teams uh, to be a bowl-eligible type team if they're going to continue forward. Six wins or not, that's all, we, that's all everybody wants to know. I don't think they get there oh, this year. Okay. Oh. All right. Kevin I don't Bollinger. want to be the party pooper, but uh, <laughs> I, just, I think that it, it's, Takes just takes time to build. Kevin Bollinger from Fox Five. Kevin, as always, we appreciate. Thanks, it. Kevin. Thanks, guys. So uh, there's Kevin from Fox Five. D- none of us have him getting a six, right? You didn't change. I had your, five. I did not change. You didn't change after the beatdown of Idaho no. State. You didn't you say had four. Uh-oh. Yeah, still four. I you had five. I'm still five. You didn't have Doug Brumfield winning the Heisman or anything like that. No, I had him as Mountain West Conference Office Player of the Week, and I hit that one out of the park. Wow, <laughs> nailed it. Was <laughs> anybody nailed- else even close? <laughs> Ricky White, who, his own teammate. Probably? I don't know who else was playing. It was yeah. week zero. I mean, Hawaii got crushed. Yeah, uh, Utah Wyoming State got struggled against UConn. I don't. Nevada won, but I don't know how New they Mexico played State. against New Mexico State. I don't know. At one point, it was New Mexico State two zero. <laughs> so I don't know how. I I don't know. I know Nevada won the game. I just don't know who played so, well for them. Brumfield played really well, but he still kind of won by default. Oh, I think with those numbers, he wins no matter right, what. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, he wins. Honestly, the, the best competition was the wide receiver, Ricky White. Yeah, the guy, the guy on his team. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that was, those were probably one and two. Yeah. But if you're Ricky White, I think you're a little upset. You're like, come on. I put up 180-something and a couple touchdowns in a half. Where's my award? Come on. He should have requested to go back in in the third quarter. Split it. Like I can do this without Brumfield. Throw me the ball, Harris. Did Ricky White, who came from Michigan State, know there was a Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week award? No, but he does now, and he's very upset that he didn't get it. <laughs> very upset that he did not get the the uh, player of the week in the Mountain West. All right, coming up next. What are we getting to next? I don't know. We'll find out later. Oh, the NBA. Pat Beverly, Russell Wilson. They're going to be fun together. Pat Beverly was brought here to play defense, to be that you know guy that knows how to push his teammates. It has nothing to do with Russ. He played pretty much every single game showed up, worked hard. Um, You know, I I would have loved to have seen 
what this team would look like if they stayed healthy. You know, I really appreciate him for who he is and what he brings to the team. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. The Lakers are going to be fascinating. Are they actually going to have Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook play together? I hope so they can throw the ball at each other's heads. So this is this is from Mark Stein. Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have already been in contact since becoming Lakers teammates. League sources tell me. And new coach Darvin Ham has told them he has lineups in mind to play Russ and Pat Bev side by side. <laughs> okay. So first off, for anybody that's unaware, uh, Russell Westbrook gave a quote basically saying, Patrick Beverly has all of you fooled. He just runs around doing nothing. Right. Patrick Beverly came out after that and was like, that actually hurt my career because coaches, GMs, fans don't look at me the same after Westbrook said that. Seems a little extreme. There's trash talk all the time in the NBA. It doesn't probably make it in the... I, I would love front offices when trying to negotiate a contract are like, well... Russ they, Westbrook told me uh, you just <laughs> run around and you don't do anything else. But they do not or have not, I should say, in the past... Liked each other. Liked each other. Maybe all of a sudden you put on the same jersey as a guy and you're like, all right, I guess we'll get along here. But presumably that's not exactly going to happen because not only is it two guys that haven't liked each other in the past, two of the more stubborn guys in the league. I was going to say, will he remain stubborn and play as he has, or will, will Pat Beverly now be worried that people are uh, seeing what Russ Westbrook says and just stand there and never move. If he just becomes a statue and never runs around. Well, That'd be kind of funny. I'm guessing the Lakers didn't take in Russell Westbrook's opinion before they traded for Patrick No, obviously not. Right. They think he's going to do more than just stand around or run around and do nothing. So, but the the fascinating part is the whole, they're going to play Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook side by side. Obviously, if they're both on the team, they're probably going to end up playing minutes together because they're going to be two of the top seven, eight players or whatever. But the idea of them having lineups and Darvin Ham already trying to figure out how to play them together. If I'm defending the Lakers and they put both of them on the court together, I'm sagging a little. Right, I'm I'm, I'm going to get called for so many defensive three seconds in the lane. Like hell, it's going to go be ahead good. and shoot. Lakers are going to have de- going to get technicals because of how often people are just going to not guard the perimeter. Like it. Okay, it, one of the most proven things in basketball is that when you have LeBron James. Give him a number two player and guys that can shoot. And mm-hmm. your offense is going to be incredible, right? That is proven. To, as soon as he got out of Cleveland the first time, as long as you got shooters around him and at least one other player that can, you know, have a good offensive game, you're go- you're going to win. You're probably going to the finals usually. And somehow, A, the Lakers' number two player, Anthony Davis, has not exactly been healthy. But beyond that, how if the Lakers not surrounded LeBron with shooters? Like, I, I don't understand the roster building here. And like, ah, yeah, Russell Westbrook, that'll work. Oh, Patrick Beverly, that'll work. No, go get J.J. Redick out of retirement and put him out there because he'd be better than both of them. For It's LeBron. We know what works with LeBron. And somehow the Lakers have avoided doing that. And I don't understand why. Bring in Jimmer for death. Right. He's still playing he in, in China? that. Uh... Yeah, and he's still playing in that uh, league that gives a million dollars out to the winner. He still has his team, the Jimmer Fredette team. Oh, the, still, the basketball tournament. Yeah, one. he still yeah. plays. He yeah. still plays. He's like, got a good team. I, in all seriousness, that, that would probably be a better fit because the 
the real key is guys that can shoot threes and play defense, right? The, so the, Jimmer can do one. Right. He can do one of the two. So might not hurt, might not help you very much on the other end. Patrick Beverly can do one of the two as well, yes. right? He can play defense. But the problem for the Lakers is offensively, it's like who's out there with LeBron James? Guys that can't shoot. And that's not going to work. We know it's not going to work. You've got to have shooters out there. And we're going to see them line up with LeBron with Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook spacing the floor. And I don't know. It just, it seems, it seems like they don't know what they have in LeBron James and they won a title two years ago yeah. with them. And it seems like they, they don't know what they have. And here's the thing. Does LeBron deserve blame? Like he always gets brought up in terms of like roster building and he get you know, teams get who he wants or whatever. Does he like, is Does this he understand fault? what the best thing is for right. him? Is this all his fault, or is this more on? I don't know. Is it the team's fault? It just—I don't know how much power he has to say yes or no to Pat Beverly. Yeah, I—I'm assuming a lot, but I don't actually know the answer right. to that because I also would assume LeBron would know what is supposed to work with him. He's done it for almost two decades. I assume he'd look around and say, "Yeah, that—that that whole Westbrook Beverly thing. No, thank you. That's right. not going to work." So I don't know. I just—I don't quite comprehend what the Lakers are actually doing here. One other NBA story. Uh, did you see that the NBA is cutting the price of NBA League Pass? Uh, I did because I got the call from the Sun. Oh, he called He called you about this. Uh, it's one of the things I do for him. Wow. Yeah. So it, it had been... So it's saving me money. Yeah, it had been like 200 bucks. Yes, it and had been. Now they're cutting it to $99. Yes, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like, pretty much universally, all these packages for all of our pro sports go up every year or sometimes they'll stay the same they cut it in half like i is there a do we know the logic behind that i didn't see any logic for people like me who have to pay for it (laughs) but you're gonna pay for it anyways for them so they should have charged you more that's true they should have doubled the price exactly well there i do have limits (laughs) i do have my limits my friend is 400 the limit but the nba close to it nba the anti-inflation league 